Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Devin Hassan and Kendrick Johnson. Uh, gentlemen, we are still uh, kind of in catch-up mode from the holidays, so whereas for last uh, last Thursday's podcast, we devoted it to kind of playing some catch-up with girls basketball. We're going to shift gears, talk some stuff on the uh, on the boys' side of the hardwood this uh, this uh, this Monday. So, um, yeah, we've got about, I guess, the season's, what, about two months old, we should say? You know, everybody's wrapped up their tournaments, yeah. and we're now fully immersed into the into the grind of district plays. So, yeah, we're each, you know, the three of us, plus, you know, Justin, Taylor, and uh, Brian, we're all just going to drop one uh, one storyline, something that stood out from uh, from the past, uh, from the first uh, two months of uh, boys basketball, just to play some uh, play some catch up as we as we really hit the as basketball season hits its stride. Um, yeah, so let's. Um, Let's go, Kendrick. Where's um? Just kind of talk a bit about one of the notable storylines out McKinney ways, and just what has kind of caught your eye early on uh, in MISD boys basketball. Uh, Byron Scoby is the real deal. <laughs> I, I became a fan of his last year, but there wasn't the consistency. He must have heard me talking because there's consistency. He's averaging thirty point two points a game. Wow. And the thing is, it's not just him and a bunch of guys. They got a bunch of glue guys and athletes like in uh, Aaron Pitts and. Um, I'm not Aaron Pitts, uh, Aaron Brown and Andrew Pitts, mm-hmm. who were stars in the football. They got that winning mentality. They got bought it over the, f- the basketball. And it's all merging. And Coach Watson on the X and O's making it happen at three and O. Yeah, district because that was a team that heading. In, I mean, they were able to you know snag a playoff berth on the final night of the regular season last year, but they lost quite a few impactful seniors. You know, Michael Hartford, yeah. Dominic Saint Leon, and it was a team that weren't really sure what to make of. You knew what Scooby could do offensively, but he I took mean, to another level. Though mm-hmm. he went from being about a twenty point guy to a thirty point. That's a big leap. So how does he go about generating his offense? In the times that you've seen him, is he just a? I mean, is he just a, a fire cooker from the outside, or just how does he go about? He, I'm not. I don't really like say his strong. It's a, a baby Steph Curry where he comes from an array of shots. He gets hot, and then he gets everybody else going, mm-hmm. and he come hit you with two thirty bombs. It's like, what do you do about yeah. that? And then another thing, too, is people try to beat him up away from the ball, and McKinney's athletic enough and plays up and down mm-hmm. that you got problems. So either you're going to get in a track meet with them, or you're going to have to live and die with Scobie shooting 30-foot threes yeah. and making – 
45, 40% of them. That's, that's no small feat either. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at the standings right now in District 9 6 a, you have McKinney tied with Jesuit atop at 3 and 0. They'll play tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Prosper and Allen are tied for third at 2 and 1. Plano Senior, Plano West in fifth at 1 and 2. Plano East and McKinney Boyd rounding it out at 0 and 3. And, I mean, you're talking about one of the more dynamic scorers in the in the district, and I can offer up one of my own as I, uh, as I shift gears to talk about uh, Allen's Isaiah Stevens. Who, um, you know, heading into this season, he was one of the more uh, one of the more interesting players to monitor in this district, just because he was the only returning starter from Allen State Championship team last year. And Allen is a team that has been, um, you know, last year's team was a group that really had a lot of continuity and chemistry working in their favor. They were so balanced. So with um, with Stevens this year, you know, it's, he's entering his third year on varsity. How much more would be asked of him, you know, after having to be um, not not a role player? Because like I said, it was just so tough to stand out on these Allen teams these last couple years. They didn't didn't even have a guy, though. They were so balanced (laughs) that they had, you know, four or five players that could all go off for 15, 20 points a night. Whereas this year's team, it's essentially Stevens having to shepherd a rotation that is mostly comprised of first-year varsity players. And so far, um, I mean, he's been up to the challenge and then some. Um, I was going back through his, um, you know, prior to Saturday's game against McKinney Boyd, his last five games, he was um, averaging 28.8 points. And um, you look at that, I mean, some of the opponents that he's gone against, he had 42 points against Jesuit last Tuesday. He had 39 in their, uh, in their tournament semifinal against Cibolo Steel. 25 in the championship game against Lake Travis. Um, all three of those teams are ranked in the state's top 25. So these are, you know, some of the best teams in the state that he's showing out against. I mean, he's, <laughs> showing out. Oh yeah, and because he's having. I mean, this is I, like I talk about Allen and just how balanced they are. This is, you know, one of the better individual offensive seasons that an Allen player had in in recent memory. And um, it was after that game against Lake Travis that talking to head coach Joe McCullough, when I mean, he wasn't holding back in his praise of Isaiah Stevens, going so far as to call him. The most underrated player in the Metroplex. Scully's pretty underrated too. Yeah, yeah. He's because uh, how tall is Scully's only five eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Stevens is taller than that. But it's I mean, yeah, it's it's not here to compare one versus the other. But you know, in the sense that Isaiah Stevens is, I mean, he was named tournament MVP for all three of Allen's tournaments this season. Oh, Clearly, I mean, and this, these aren't just small tournaments either. This is the Pasadena Invitational. Yeah. You know, this is the Garland ISD Cowell Invitational. The Allen In and Out. But I mean, he has been the best player in all three oh. of these tournaments that he's played in, and. Um, I mean, yeah, just to see that he's, and who knows, like, how much how much of this is just him being given more responsibility, because like I said, it was just so tough to stand out. They had so much, uh, those teams last year were just so balanced, and you had, you know, four or five players that could all do some of the same things, That, but now you're having to see Stevens really kind of, you know, carry that, uh, carry the load, and yeah, like I said, he's been he's been up to it, and then some, I mean, he was he was putting on a show against Jesuit and <laughs> on, on Tuesday, and I mean, just ooing and on the crowd. I mean, I said since the get-go that I think he's the best shooter in the Metro Plex. And I mean, it's you've been able to see the, you know stuff like this ever since his sophomore year, just how good an outside shooter he is. But you're seeing his ability to finish the kinds of different shots that he can create for himself. You know, not just you know off the dribble, catch and shoot or whatever. But when he gets to the lane, he'll stop on a dime and hit a little pull up on you. I mean, he's a very very crafty scorer. He's a crafty playmaker too. He'll I mean he's, he sets up his teammates. Oh yeah yeah, he sets up his teammates very well. He's a very and that's the the passing is the thing that I think is you know with him. You know, being asked to do a bit more this season—that's the part of his game that I think has flourished a bit more now that he's being, you know, having to, you know, kind of run the show a bit more at the point. Do you think uh, the second half is going to be interesting? Do you think when people come game plans to stop a Scobie mm-hmm. or stop him, do you think it's going to be different for their? How do you think it's going to affect their teams? Like it seems like Allen's got just by numbers; they got more others. Mm-hmm. 
And it, because that was the kind of the case against uh, against Jesuit. Because I mean, at some point, I mean, when when you kind of realize like, okay, Stevens is just in one of those roles. I mean, they tried selling out to stop him, but he's his shooting is just he has. A, I'm guessing Scobie has a fairly quick release too. I mean, that's the thing. Stevens can get his shot off from anywhere. There isn't a shot in that gym that it feels like is a bad shot for him. <laughs> but you see, like a lot of you know Allen's role players, they are a bit different from last year in that you know it's not the uh, you know they had a lot of guys that could space the floor in addition to Stevens last season. The guys this year are a bit more attack minded getting to the basket and Jesu did a really good job shutting that down and when you took away that plan A Allen's role players didn't really have much of a counter So, but that's just stuff that you know you figure out is because again a lot of those kids have only been playing together on varsity for 20 games 25 games so you just expect it with experience they'll figure out more of a counter to that so I think Allen and McKinney benefited from being that tough district last mm-hmm. year because those younger guys saw and I would say this is not as difficult but it's like now it's their time to shine that mm. you're not seeing a didn't guy or where yeah all of you hey Jesuit's not bad I say that having seen them last two Jesuit is every bit as good as that uh, as that record and ranking would uh would uh would, would tell you um Devin let's shift gears and get you a chance to chime in on whether it's Garland ISD Mesquite ISD what has been one uh, noteworthy storyline well I don't have any 25 or 30 point scores uh, <laughs> out of my neck of the woods but uh, mm. so I'm gonna take more of a team angle mm-hmm. um you know there's been a couple of intriguing storylines to start Saturday Taxi, uh, who won one district game last mm-hmm. year, uh, all of last year, is off to a two and one start. Yeah. Uh, Mesquite, who had their uh, streak of fifteen straight playoff appearances, snapped. Looks like they're kind of rounding back into to the usual Mesquite mm-hmm. form that we know. Uh, but I guess the, the, the team that's really jumped out at me so far is Poteet. Um a team that, that, that's that's always kind of been there, you know, competing for third or fourth. Uh, you know, they kind of they go back and forth. They make the playoffs one year, they miss mm-hmm. one year. It's it's one of those programs, but they're off to a really strong start. They're three and zero in thirteen five A. All three double digit wins. Uh, they played. I got a chance to see them Friday night against mm-hmm. West Mesquite. Uh, they play solid defense. They're well rounded. Um, but I'm just really curious to see uh, how they are going to uh, play out the rest of the district's run. Uh, they have an outstanding point guard in Tyler Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, knocked down to three. Does a good job running the offense. You know, he scores ten and a half points a game. Uh, dishes out four assists per contest. Uh, they have size in the middle. Uh, DJ Basie, their six nine senior, mm-hmm. um, athletic player. Uh, you know. Double double guy with with points and rebounds also blocks about four shots a game. Uh, a lot okay. of contributing parts with Peyton Miller, uh, Lewis Moore, Jalen Alexander, Javante Valdez, um, and then they have some younger guys that, that have kind of come along uh, recently. Jalen Police, King Moore, but then to me the X factor is Devin Martin. Uh, Devin Martin is a 6'5", 250-pound sophomore who was the offensive newcomer of the year uh, at wide receiver for the football team. Uh, just good athlete. I mean, big size, but um, he's come on. He's joined the basketball team after Poteet's mm-hmm. run, so he's only played in a handful of games. But, I mean, he's impressive. Again, he's, he's 6'5", 250, so he's got that build yeah. uh, to bang down low. He's got pretty good moves on the interior. Um, and, and what really impressed me the other night, he'll go down, he'll grab a rebound, and all of a sudden he'll run the break. I mean, he's got good ball handling skills and just, I mean, really one of those difference-making uh, difference makers that's only going to get better as he goes on. In his short time, he's averaging 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists mm. per game. And, again, he's still breaking into the rotation, still getting to learn the guys around him. So, uh, you know, Poteet's an intriguing team. Uh, we'll see uh, as far as measuring sticks go. They get uh, number one Lancaster uh, Tuesday night on the road. Yeah. <laughs> so that's um, you know I'm not going to say they're going to beat Lancaster because not many people beat <laughs> Lancaster at all. But it'll be a good measuring stick yeah. for them to see just how the, you know measure up against uh, you know, arguably the best team in the state. 
one team that you had mentioned prior that I will vouch for is a Saxe, and I got to see them play against Plano at a, at a tournament earlier in the year, and a team that has definitely made some strides under under their first uh, their first year head coach uh, Zach Mikesell. Yeah, they, they really have, it. and we you know we talked about that you know this for uh, you know for a long time on the podcast. Just you know Saxe is good at everything. You know the talent is yeah. out there. They just you know had to put it together. Sometimes it just takes a coaching change, just a fresh mm-hmm. a fresh look, you know whatnot. And, and they like I say Zach Mikesell, he's had a lot of success as, as an assistant over at Lakeview. He's been yeah. a perennial playoff team for years, and uh, you know he just he just brought that positive mindset and and got those guys believing. And, and so far, so good. And we'll see how see how they fare because they have a game against South Carolina coming up tomorrow and Tuesday as well. So <laughs> another think, measuring yeah, stick. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> how you think? How you think that district is going to match up with the Plano district? Plano, Plano, Allen, McKinney. Uh, you know, it's 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 that's so far off in the future. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it's. We've talked about nine six a and how it's a battle every night, and those teams are going to be battle tested. I don't think we've seen quite enough out of ten six a. They don't. They're not going to have the top to bottom quality. But you know, Wiley's been ranked in the state rankings for most of the year. Yeah, um, you know, they're South, an athletic team too. I saw them a little bit know, too. South Garland is obviously with with Tyrese Maxey and Chris Harris, and 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 that group coming off their uh, you know state tournament appearance a year ago. Uh, you know, Riley's been a little bit down. Uh, I think you know they have a. Basically replacing mm-hmm. your entire starting lineup, but like we mentioned, Saxe's improved. Uh, Lakeview's got a, a solid team, so you know I don't think they're you know top to bottom. They're, they're not as deep as nine six say. You know, it, it, it's a lot of it's probably going to come down to matchups mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Um, you know, I think South Carolina obviously matches up with certain teams that had nine six say better when we're talking about that. But again, we're three games into the slate, mm-hmm. so it's a lot to still play out uh, in terms of ten six say. Yes, a lot to play out on not just in our markets but also in the Frisco area, Denton County, and whatnot, and we will. Let uh, Taylor Raglan, Justin Thomas, Brian Murphy take the reins in a bit. Um, but first, got to shine that student athlete spotlight. And for this, we go out to Frisco Lone Star. Uh, Lone Star, yeah, they're already. Uh, I think they're already about to hit the midway point oh, yeah, in, the, in their boys' district. And uh, Frisco Lone Star is atop the district standings, and thanks in no small part to the play of uh, of Julian Larry, quarterback for the football team, now tearing it up on the basketball court. And uh, Brian Murphy had a chance to talk with Julian, and yeah, we'll see what he had to say after a word from this sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, I'm here with Julian Larry, uh, star quarterback at Lone Star, but also star point guard, uh, dual sport athlete here uh, for the 7-0 and undefeated uh, Lone Star Rangers. Julian, first, to, to be undefeated, y'all had to tackle a monster uh, at last year's district champion in Liberty, a team that beat y'all uh, pretty badly uh, at Liberty the last time y'all played a year ago, and y'all returned the favor by winning 68-54. What was you know, getting revenge, I guess you could say, like uh, in beating Liberty last week? I mean, it felt really good. We just went throughout the game plan that Coach Connor put in for us, and we just went out and executed really well. Now, talk a little bit about that rivalry. I know it's kind of hard to get rivalries here in Frisco. There's so many teams, so many schools popping up each year and stuff. And I, but I know y'all know each other across these schools. But Lone Star and Liberty—they've been so good in basketball. Talk about that rivalry. I mean, it's been Lone Star and Liberty has been a rivalry for a while. For a while, even since my freshman year, coming up, uh, playing on being a freshman on varsity, everybody's installed like like the top two teams are Lone Star and Liberty, and it's, it's whoever comes out on top. So it's really been a rivalry here for a while. We just 
It's just been back and forth every year between the two schools. Now, like I mentioned uh, just a minute ago, y'all are 7-0 and in, in district play so far. What has been the recipe to the success? Um, just sticking together, staying together as a team, and playing very good defense. Now, one of your, your buddies on the backcourt, Marvin Mims, you know, you just got done throwing touchdown passes to him on the football field, and now y'all are passing it, to, passing it to each other and whatnot on the basketball court. You know, what's that like, you know, going from the football field to the basketball court with, with one of your buddies? I mean, he makes it a whole lot easier on me. We've been playing together since we were young, like, I'm talking about really young, like five years old, so he makes it a whole lot easier on me to do my job on both football and basketball court. Now, which one's more fun, assisting him on the basketball court, throwing him an alley-oop, because I know he can jump, yeah. or, or he can hit a three. What's, it, what's more fun, throwing a touchdown pass or, or throwing him an alley-oop? I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's a real hard one. I, I don't think I wouldn't put either one of them over each other, because I think both of them is equal, throwing them to him. Now, so you're excelling at, at both, both sports on the varsity level. Which sport did you start playing first, and what, what's kind of your first love, basketball or football? Um, basketball is my first love because I really picked up a basketball because I, I was really just, like, watching it a lot on TV, and I started liking it. So I, like, pick up a basketball at, like, a very young age and just started dribbling around the house and just started developing the skills, and then I just kept developing more and more and just exploded throughout my high school years. So you watched basketball growing up as a kid, as a young child. So which players did you watch and try and kind of emulate as you started to develop your game? Which NBA players, I should say? Um, really, like, from, like, a whole around basketball standpoint, I looked at LeBron. But growing up for, like, my position and stuff, I really looked at Steve Nash a lot. Now, why is that? Because, like... The basketball IQ he has is, like, very high, and I like the way, like, he carries himself around the court and how his basketball IQ is just, like, top-notch, how he, like, makes a bunch of these passes and leads his teams to a bunch of wins. Now, one last question about this district. Now, a 10-team district, so many teams in the district, and a lot of teams are improved. Frisco's gotten better. Wakeland seems to have gotten better. Reedy's winning games that they weren't winning last year. What's it got to take to keep the ball rolling, keep it moving, and, and to win a district title this year in this really tough district? Um, stay healthy and stay together. Because if we stay together, then I think nobody can beat us. Nobody in the state at all can beat us if we stay together. All right, a big thanks to Julie and Larry over at Lone Star and the Rangers' hot start. We did a line change here for the second half uh, of this podcast. I'm Brian Murphy. That's Justin Thomas. It's Taylor Raglan. Sticking with Lone Star, you know, speaking of the Rangers, they're 7-0 in district play in that Frisco district that's already midway uh, through the district slate there. They started back in, you know, early December, late Jan- late uh, November. Uh, pretty crazy uh, how, you know, 10-team district, you have to start district so early. But, you know, Lone Star, they're killing it. Coming off a, a big win over Liberty on Friday night, I was there. Uh, they won 68-54. to uh, And it was a big, big win for them because the previous time those two teams met, in that same building at Liberty last year, last January, Liberty won by 30. And so, you know, I talked to both coaches after the game. Coach Connor from Lone Star, he brought it up. He said, hey, they beat us before they even got off the bus. Uh, and then, you know, Coach Fryer at, at Liberty said, hey, I knew I knew that game was on their minds, and, and it showed. So Lone Star, they're looking good. They have their football guys uh, in, Julian Larry, Marvin Mims. They didn't have them at the beginning of the year in tournament play and whatnot since Lone Star was making its deep playoff run. But they're in there. Uh, and then you have guys like Isaiah Lewis and Malik Williams. And, and this, this is going to be a tough uh, tough team to beat uh, in that Frisco district. So uh, 
We'll see if Lone Star can keep it up. Any other undefeated squads happening so far in y'all's districts? I know y'all only like two games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're three yeah. games in, and, and one team not undefeated, um, not even with a winning record, and, and kind of surprising. The team I'm going to talk about is, is is Plano West because they're one of those teams that you know a down year last year. Um, I talked a lot about in the preseason how you know we all kind of expected those of us that cover nine six a for them to rebound and, and to have a good season, get back in the playoffs. They bring back Ryan Zambi, Alex Zambi, who was the newcomer of the year last year, um, and it just hasn't really materialized early in district play. It's it's an interesting kind of uh, conundrum for them when they give up. You know, 73, 74, 75 and above points, they typically lose. And, and that's something that they don't do often. Uh, but it's been happening in district play. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave up 80 to McKinney in an 80 to 74 loss, uh, 78 to Prosper in a 78. How shocking was that McKinney loss? I mean, for me, it's 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 it shows kind of the parity I think that all nine six A sports have, which is interesting. You know, pretty much every bracket sport we've covered and everyone will cover. If I'm learning anything about this district, is that you know it's going to be just like six six A, and that you know on any given night, you know these teams are just so talented. But I mean, it is shocking because you know they go out in the first game of district before the holiday break uh, and beat Boyd seventy five sixty two. I was at that game, covered it. Didn't really break much of a sweat, handled Boyd. You know, and Boyd is one of those teams that we kind of predict to finish near the bottom, uh, mm-hmm. not because they're necessarily awful. I mean, in a lot of districts, they'd be contending for a playoff sure. spot. Uh, but, you know, it's just a, a, a matter of being in 9-6-A. But, you know, they handle business, and they go into their holiday tournament. Uh, I believe they get third um, on the back of a, uh, let's see, I think it was a, a 66-63 win over Austin LBJ. And those are the kind of games that they typically win. You know, they really, um, you know, play well in games where they hold you know they've held people to in the 40s and 50s and and especially in the you know the low 60s um and that game they also got scoring from you know ryan zambia at 20 uh christian aguilar had 20 dalen minor had 12 so when they spread the ball out um and they have you know multiple three or four guys in double mm-hmm. digits you know they they've that's kind of the formula that they've needed you know to get their wins and and it's been the opposite of of it seems like what they've gotten versus McKinney uh, and versus Prosper against McKinney I think you know Zambia had 26 Dalen Miner had 18 uh, and then against Prosper it was kind of the same story it was those two guys you know Dalen Miner had 22 Zambia had 15 um, you know because they list their stats their notable stats on Twitter after every game and it's literally just been kind of those two guys so I, I it worries I guess Plano West supporters that you know maybe they're falling into some of the same things that they did last season and getting really reliant on one or two guys. Um, and when you do that and you don't play defense, you let teams get up in the upper 70s and 80s, which is, you know, it's a pretty high-scoring game for a high school game especially. You know, it's it, it's translated to some losses into a 1-2 and two record early in district. I think they have plenty of time to rebound, but, you know, McKinney and Prosper are some of those bubble teams that we, you know, kind of predicted for 9-6-A. So, you know, those are going to be really important games the second time around because you start losing, you know, twice in district play to teams like McKinney or Prosper, then your your chances of making the playoffs really diminish because those aren't those Allens and mm-hmm. Jesuits. Those are the ones that are trying to fight for those third and fourth spots, which is where we kind of figured Plano West would be. So, you know, losing McKinney and Prosper in the first round already has already kind of set them back a little bit. So more of an uphill road, I think, for the Wolves than than maybe we thought it would be. Yeah, when I saw that final score last week, I was kind of shocked, you know, because coming in, Prosper, a bit of a rebuilding uh, mode for the boys' side at least this year. Well, and jumping up. I mean, like with all their sports, you just don't know how you're going to transition. But it helps when you have a transfer in Mondo Battle. I got to see him what play. What a name, by the way. Mondo, yeah, name of the year. He, I saw him play against McKinney Boyd last week, and they demolished Boyd. No surprise there. Uh, we talked about Boyd's struggles uh, already on this podcast. Uh, but this, that was my first time seeing uh, Battle play, and he's just you know this big post player and 
So he was just dominating, led the team in scoring. Uh, I think he had 19 that game, and then against Plano West, he had 17. And then Coach Ellis tells me after the game, you know, he, he was a transfer in December, and they waited to, you know, to pass all the UIL rules and regulations and all that stuff. So they did it the right way. Uh, he, you know, he's not breaking any rules or anything, but he came at the right time with district play, a big man that they needed because they had a lot of empty spots. The only returning starter they had was uh, Josh Davis. And, you know, he's he's filling in that void, and we'll see if Prosper can keep it up. It's a good big man name, too. It's a great name. It's just a good name in general. It makes you sound tough, even if you are. Yeah. JT, I understand the colony boys. I know the girls are good, but the boys are uh, climbing in the state rankings, number seven. Yep, I think eight maybe, seven or eight. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They kind of change pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Of course, the Internet's not working over here. (laughs) Um, I believe last I checked, they were number eight. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. a really good start for the colony. They just – had a game Friday against Justin Northwest mm-hmm. and gave them all they could handle. They were up actually up six after three quarters. I didn't watch this game, but um, just looking at the score, they were up six after three quarters. Ended up losing by three, but on the road against the number one team in the state, very good showing. Um, they also had a nice um, good showing in the tournament they hosted, and then they beat a good 6A team, Louisville, in, uh, on Monday. So the colony is rolling along. Um, I kind of wanted to focus a little more on 6-6-A, though, because in that district it kind of looks like the Colony is going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, 6-6-A, however, is more kind of up in the air right now. And you mentioned uh, kind of teams that are still undefeated in district. I do have one, and it's kind of a surprise. It's Coppell, and they're 3-0. and I wasn't really um, – that ties them for first with MacArthur. And I wasn't really sure what to expect hmm. from the Cowboys coming in. They um, – have a new coach, Clint Schnell, after Kit Pell moved to an assistant AD position in the school district. So they have a new coach, and then two guys that we figured were going to be key players for them. KJ Liggins, the standout football player, you know, suffers an injury in football season really early, so he's out for the whole basketball wow. season. And then Quaven Adger, an all district player last year as a sophomore, a really good player. He transfers before the school starts to iSchool in Louisville. Hmm. So two guys that I've figured were going to be two of their key pieces were both gone, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, obviously, they have Tariq Amon back there, three or four-year starter at point guard, and he's been awesome this year, and they lost to Louisville in a non-district game, but then they came back, beat them in district, so they're 3-0 and with MacArthur, so kind of surprised by that. Um, still like the looks of this Louisville squad. They're 2-1. and one. They made the finals of that Colony tournament I mentioned and lost to a good Wiley team. I remember um, a few weeks ago you were hyping up Louisville basketball yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, so they're looking pretty good. They hung right in there with the Colony on Monday. They mm-hmm. made the finals of that tournament and lost to Wiley. Um, got a nice win over Mesquite to open that tournament. Uh, they have a big one Tuesday against Hebron. Hebron's 2-1. and one. They're looking good. I saw them earlier, you know, with the big win over Little Elm. Mm-hmm. Still not exactly sure what's going to happen with Trajan Bridges, but they should have him at least for another week before he uh, departs for Norman, possibly. So he's graduating early, correct? Or so I he think. Says. I don't know. They're, kinda, <laughs> they're really flip-flopping over there. I can't really get a good read on what's going on there. Um, on signing day, it seemed like he was going to be graduating early, but I think they would still have him for this week's week's of games before he goes weird. out there. So, yeah, it's weird. Oh, man. If, if that was him, I would just stay. I know. Just, you have four years to, you know, do your thing. You know, yeah. I'll just stick it out, play a little high school basketball. But, you know, they've played well without him mm-hmm. when they were still do, playing the football playoffs. So, um, mm-hmm. big game there. And then, kind of surprised, Flower Mound has, you know, one of the district's top players, Caleb Lohner. He was the MVP last year. He's a top 40 recruit in the nation as a junior. Um you know, getting big looks from everywhere. Surprisingly, they're 0-3, and they had a kind of mm-hmm. a surprising loss to a Marcus team that I kind of figured would finish outside of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yet another team with the first-year head coach. Um, but, yeah, they got the big win over Flower Mound, so the Jaguars need to 
crank things up right now, sitting at 0-3. Um, and they have, obviously, unbeaten Capel on Tuesday, so they need to pick must, it up. Must win game? Be, I, I mean, you don't want to start 0-4 in this district. That's going to be a tough hill to climb. Yeah, they need some of that magic that the volleyball team had yeah, back exactly. in the fall to, so, to keep um, it going. But, you know, outside of Loner, they don't have much varsity experience back other than Jeffrey Mills, so mm-hmm. maybe it's taken a little slower than they anticipated to come along. But, yeah, they need to crank things up quickly if they want to get back in the playoff picture after having one of their better years in program history last season. It wouldn't be a boys basketball podcast if I didn't mention R.J. Hampton. <laughs> so, <laughs> it just wouldn't be right. You know, last Friday he dropped 42 in a 30-point blowout over Denton. Yep. Yep. Uh, we'll see what he's got this Friday against Justin Northwest. Scored 52. Scored 50 the other He did. He did. I think yeah. he's averaging close to 40 points a game right now. It, it's yeah. it's nuts. Uh, I mean, not much to say other than he's 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 awesome. Probably the best player in, in the state. You know, he was the 5A player of the year last year. Most likely will win that again this year. And we'll see what he has against uh, probably the best team in 5A. No doubt about it, the best team in that district. Uh, 8-5A district with Justin Northwest Friday. Should be a fun one. I'll be there if you want to follow along uh, to my updates. My Twitter is at Brian Murphy underscore. But yeah, we'll see. Should be a big test for the Lobos who beat South Garland just uh, a few weeks ago, one of the top teams in the state uh, in 6A. Do you have anything else to add? That'll do it. I think we touched everything. So for Taylor Raglan, Justin Thomas, I'm Brian Murphy. That uh, wraps up this uh, edition of the High School Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Make sure to stay tuned for Wednesday when we uh, talk a little more basketball. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.